This is Newhouse at Night. Hear tomorrow's star broadcasters today, live on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio Syracuse. Well, a happy Halloween to all and a welcome in here to Newhouse at Night. Bryce Gelman, Doug Latuka. You might know us, I don't know, but at this point we're on every Monday from 6 to 7 p.m. And Doug, I, I have to ask you this question before we get into what we want to talk about. Did you miss Halloween? Because last week you were dressed up as a competent broadcaster, and this week you show up in plain clothes, and you can check that out at QSportsTalk.com. But did you apparently miss Halloween? Did you not know it was the 31st of October? It was that an attempt at a joke? I mean, saying I, I that was, I should I be dressed up yeah. as a competent broadcaster acting as one. No, that, that, that's, what, that's what your joke what attempt that was. Your, that was your costume last week. Well, I was doing my job, and, and my suit's sitting over there, actually. Oh, you could have put it's it Sitting out about, I'd say, five to seven feet away from us. I could easily slip into that at the break. <laughs> but, I mean, that was a terrible joke. You didn't, couldn't come up with a better Halloween-themed joke than that? There's plenty of them. Look them I, up. Listen, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel the need to look up a joke. I just thought that you know, drawing something. Why back did ghosts? To what happened. Why did ghosts make the best cheerleaders? Because they have a lot of spirit. I mean, oh. that, that's an easy one. It's a layup. But yeah, I, I'm not trying to make a generic Halloween joke on Halloween. I just wanted to to draw something back to last the last show. If you saw yeah, it, yeah, last you show, and it was a, it was a poor it was, attempt. It was, it was stupid that poor you attempt. were dressed like a million bucks, and I was dressed like you know, like I am right now, which is not bad. Just, all right, let's get into some spooky stuff. I guess. Okay, let's get go into, ahead. To a very spooky yeah. game that happened uh, this past Saturday. We're going to talk about the Giants and the Jets, too, and we're going to get into some Knicks talk. I, I don't think you're going to be happy about I that. I have no response. I'm fine. Let's talk and about the Knicks. And then we'll do uh, some World Series once we get to it later on in the show. But let's start with Syracuse's loss to Notre Dame. A, a, lot, of, a lot of stuff happened, and I have a lot that I want to say. We're, we're going to talk about this a solid amount, but I just want to start with you. Is there anything from that game? Is there any reason specifically why you think Syracuse lost that game? Well, I, the reasoning was they didn't get the job done enough offensively in the first half and also defensively couldn't stop the run. I mean, that's the biggest takeaway. If you watched any portion of it, yeah. that's the obvious, right? I mean, it was... I, they were overmatched, size-wise, weight-wise, skill-wise, overmatched on the defensive line. Notre Dame was bigger than them on their offensive line, and it was bully ball. And that's, it that, was unfair at some points, yeah, yes. and it was it was almost ridiculous because this Syracuse defense has gotten away with smaller defensive linemen, helped out by really good linebacker play and even better play in the secondary. Yeah. But you had no Garrett Wilson, uh, Garrett Williams in the in the secondary. He's now lost for the season torn ACL, which is yeah, that's a Tough humongous, loss. that's a Tough huge loss. loss. Yeah. And I know we didn't play against Clemson, but still, that's a guy who is an NFL talent, a top potential. I'm not exactly sure where he was ranked. He was ranked to go within the first three rounds. But I either believe. way, even if he's that's playing a, or not, that's not. I mean, if he's out, they still have Deuce Chestnut. They have other guys who could step in on that defensive line. They have no one. Either yeah, way, you knew you knew exactly what Notre Dame was going to do every single time down the field. They were going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. I think they rushed like 50, 50 separate times in that game. And the time of possession was also a huge uh, detriment towards Syracuse. But they had the ball a lot. And with the ball, they decided to run it because, like you said, Syracuse's 
defensive line was completely overmatched. And that was the Achilles heel going into the season, that the defensive line was going to need to improve itself from last year. And, well, I mean, they lost a couple of guys, but guys like Caleb Okachukwu, Jadis Greer, those types of guys were going to have to step up. They haven't. And I wouldn't say that that's more like a skill issue. It's just the fact that these Power 5 programs that constantly compete for college football playoffs recruit better. And they have bigger guys. Like I was at the game with my grandpa, and I was watching their offensive line come in, and I'm like, oh, my God, Syracuse is going to have some trouble. And they did. Because Syracuse's defensive line is just not that big. They're, they're not huge. Yeah, the average weight for Notre Dame was about 315 on the offensive line. And that's line. Like an NFL offensive line. The average weight for the Syracuse defensive line was about 250. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. You go. that, You're that going to get manhandled. And that's exactly what happened. We didn't see enough... Uh, peekaboo from Okachukwu on Saturday. He was irrelevant. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't get that call in when I got to call one of the games that was earlier good. on in the season because good. he was irrelevant in that game as well. So that that's somebody that needs to step up. And you just got outmatched over and over and over again. You gave up over four yards per carry, almost 250 yards on the ground. And I like the, the point you make. I don't think it was a game plan issue for the Syracuse defense. I just think they could not stop the run. It doesn't matter what you do. Stack the box. The offensive line was getting so much movement, creating such big holes that there was no opportunity to make a tackle. And even when they did hit the running backs, whoever it was out of the three that they've got on the roster, the Fighting Irish, the first tackle was not made. The second tackle was to help out. They almost needed three, four guys just to get the running backs down just because of the success and I think the wear and tear that defense took in the game because of the of the failures of the offense early on. Yeah. And I think game plan on the other side for Notre Dame's defense it was very, it was, oh, was brilliant. Defense. And defense. it was very yeah. consistent with how teams have been playing Syracuse most recently, so specifically after the Wagner game. It's we are going to make sure Sean Tucker does not beat us. The best player on Syracuse will not beat us. We are going to make the quarterback have to make throws in order to get the offense going in the right direction. And Schrader did not get the yeah. job done in the first half. So speaking, so speaking of the quarterback, let's transition that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That was very nice of you. Let's talk Typically. about Carlos Del Rio Wilson, who stepped in at, I think, well, I mean, he probably came in. At, no, he came in at halftime. Yeah. And it was a surprise to a lot of people at the stadium, at, at the Dome. Uh, I don't think anyone expected that specifically to happen. But after watching what Garrett Schrader was able to put together in that first half, it wasn't that crazy. It wasn't that far-fetched that we were going to see him come out in that second half. Let's grade his performance because his stat line was solid. Let's just talk about that. 11 for 22, 50% completion rate, 190 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. That interception changed the game. We'll get into that a little later. But what did you see from Del Rio Wilson that you either liked or disliked in this game? Well, first off, I think he was in the game because Schrader is dealing with an injury. Yes. And I think Schrader's a warrior, and he's been wearing a boot all season long. We've seen him. I've seen him around campus since the beginning of the season. Up until last week, there were reports that he had a boot on his foot. It seems like he's not healthy. He was limping his way back and forth from the sideline to the field. He took a big hit, came up wobbly. Not sure if that was something with the head or if that was something with the leg or the or the limping issue. I we couldn't tell. But he went. He got up and fell down immediately. So I saw that. It, it kind of reminded me of the two injury. Yeah, but I don't. That's my original thought. Yeah. Obviously, I understand the circumstances aren't nearly what they were for Tua, but. 
the fact that Schrader was pulled from the game, whatever it may be, you said it could have been the leg, could have been the foot, could have been his head from that hit. No matter what, he was out of the game. And for whatever reason, I hopefully we'll find out at some point. But now going forward, he is still the starting quarterback. It all depends on his, you know, if he's healthy or not. Yeah, the point I want to make is I don't think he was pulled based on performance. No, I know I, they put up I, just no, seven no. points, but that wasn't the he case. Seemed like it was this Syracuse offense couldn't do what it has done all season with him in exactly. the physical shape that he exactly. was. With the, so yes, with the scheme that they're running, the fact that he did his correct. first option. You know, his first read option was in the second quarter. And, was I think, and I he think ran the ball that, the, for the first the time under six minutes in the second quarter. Yes. And in the game before against Clemson, he ran the ball almost 20 times. Yeah, he ran the ball way more than Sean Tucker. And now you're going to switch it up? Well, I, listen, it's hard to keep that continuity from, you know, the week before screwing up. And Dino Babers admitted it in his press conference following that game that he should have given the ball to Sean Tucker more. Five carries for 54 yards. I mean, that's that's over 10 yards per carry. And Garrett Schrader was getting the majority of the carries. So going into this game, you knew that that part of your offense was going to be limited. Why play him? I don't understand. Listen, if they knew, obviously, they, they, didn't, they didn't know for a fact how he was going to look on the field. But the game plan was clearly scripted around it, not giving him quarterback design runs. And that hampered them in that first quarter and that second quarter. The first throw he made, he completely forced it. Mm-hmm. And we could talk about that. That was a momentum killer. That's the reason at the end of the day, besides that other interception that was tipped at the line, that they lost that game. Yeah, points off turnovers as yeah. well. Ten Notre points. Dame had 14 points 14, off of yeah. two turnovers. Syracuse had a turnover, did not score any points. And you're right. If you're not going to give the ball to Tucker then you've got to give the ball to Schrader and let him decide what to do with it. And Schrader did not have the physical capabilities to do what he does best, which is make decisions on am I going to be – am I – going to have the quickness to beat a defensive lineman off the edge, beat a linebacker off the edge to get that first down yardage, to pick up five, six yards? Or am I going to make a throw to Gadsden, who beats his man one-on-one on the outside? Or am I going to hand the ball off to Sean Tucker, who's going to turn his legs for four yards? You eliminated his run game. You didn't give the ball to Tucker, so you had to throw the ball, which is Schrader's worst skill set of, of, yeah. uh, of his entire game. And we know that and, Schrader is a gamer. And yeah. there's no way that before the game he'd be honest with Dino Babers. Hey, I might not be able to go today. Yeah. So and that, that clearly didn't happen because Dino trusted him and sent him out. He's a starting quarterback. He should play. But even after the first quarter, I mean, he made he made a great throw to Gatson on the touchdown throw on that drive after the pick six, which at that point I think most people expected, all right, like, they're back in this game. Schrader looked great that drive. He made some great reads. That, you know, completely went downhill after that because for whatever reason, he became more banged up later on in the game. He just wasn't running the ball. It's hard to throw the ball every single time, especially, like you said, it's not his best facet of his game. And they did run the ball with, with Sean Tucker. So, I mean... They, yeah. they picked up on their mistake. Listen, they, they ran the ball 16 times. Yeah, but I, I want to see Tucker get more involved in the pass game. If you're not if you're not having as much success four, in the run game, but I'm saying there. you have no receivers. Yeah. Besides Gadsden, nobody else has, has emerged out of that wide receiver room. That was the question and the challenge that Dino Babers had proposed before the game against Notre Dame. Is somebody going to step up? Nobody has besides Gadsden. So, if you know Sean Tucker is capable, if he is the most skilled player on your team, this is an argument I made right after the game, you need to get him more involved in the pass game. Yeah. Make him a wide receiver. More screens. More Just 
get him the ball more. If that's the best guy you have on your offense, he needs to touch the ball more. To go back to your original question about Del Rio Wilson and his performance, solid. I think he throws a better ball. Eric Schrader, I don't think that's, I don't think that's, I don't think that's anything new, though. His decision-making wasn't as good. I don't think Sacked any, three times. You say, you say you don't think it's anything new. I, mean, I don't think anyone expected this level of play um, coming from a backup quarterback. When Sean, when Garrett Schrader was the you know the unquestioned starting quarterback going into this season. Well, we've seen Del Rio Wilson throw the ball a couple times. I mean, he just he has was, more. He, he just has more time, zip like, on his ball yeah. than Schrader. That's that's what I was pointing yeah. out. Now, decision making, he still has some has some things to learn. But he made some great throws. Of course, he did. He made he made one of the best throws I've seen all season to Amari Hatcher on on the right side. It was right in front of where I was sitting. It was an absolute dime. And mm-hmm. and if and if Hatcher catches this ball, they score. They ended up scoring on that drive on the Sean Tucker tough run. catch though. But it was a tough catch. But it was exactly where it needed to be 50 yards 60 yards down the field and he just the wide receivers this is you know that this has happened whether it be Garrett Schrader throwing the ball or Del Rio Wilson the wide receivers have not stepped up and that has been along with the defensive line this team's biggest Achilles heel but I let's let's we've talked enough about Del Rio Wilson let's look forward to this pit game and I want to underline how important this game is just because it's a November game now we're talking about Syracuse in November, and historically they've been atrocious in this month, especially now with all the injuries piling up. Garrett, Will- Garrett Williams, he's out for the season with a torn ACL. They've lost a, a number of guys. Stephon Thompson, the first game. Elmore. All, you, the list goes on and on. So looking forward, will they be able to win out? Yes, I do think so. Really? But I, I do think that they can. Because Wake Forest got manhandled by Louisville. And that was the team that we were all looking forward to after the Notre Dame game. So, the showing from this past week is definitely discouraging, Doug. 100%. As we're talking Syracuse football here on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio Syracuse. But, at the end of the day, the opponents that they are looking at going forward. Pitt is not the same team, obviously, that they were last year when, when they lost 31-14. to and Syracuse is not the same team either. And this month will be essential if they expect to compete in a solid bowl game. I think they're just going to end up in the pinstripe bowl at the Yankee. I just, I just feel like that's that's where we're headed right now. That works for me. Seven, eight wins. We could go to that game. So, I mean, listen, th- this game is just so important for not only the, the momentum of this team, but to prove that the last two games were flukes. And this team against uh, against... Against like worse, I mean, it was a physical issue. Like you know, they were they were just playing better recruits and better talent. Whether whether or not they were coached better or not, you know, remains to be seen against these teams that don't necessarily have the best recruits. But it, it's just going to tell you that whether or not this team is is capable of you know winning double digits. Well, I don't know if I agree about the Clemson game. I mean, we've spoken about that. They were up by eleven at the half. Like that's a game you have to win. You can't lose that game. You want to be no nationally. You can't lose that game. And then you come back and you lose. In your own building, you don't just lose; you get blown out. It was not a close game. It was. I mean, that it, one pick changed the entire game. If you look at the, the st- if you look at the statistics, right it there. wasn't a close game until they put up the ten straight points. You're correct. They opened up. They had the 54 yard field goal, which another coaching third and ten. They run the ball I, yeah, I for three yards, and they. Was, yeah, I, so I, I mean, I went to the, the luckiest kick of all time. 54 yards from Andre Schmidt. You never think you're gonna get that. So you get that. That's nice. Then you get a touchdown, which 
was very promising, and then the interception. So I apologize there. It was tight in the beginning of the third it quarter. Was. And then but the you interception. Want, you want to know why the deficit was that large? It's because the stupid idea to go for it on fourth down, fourth and seven from your own 40-yard line. Yeah. I went to the bathroom. I just decided, all right, they're going to punt it. Whatever. The half is over. I come back, and guess what? Notre Dame is driving. They're about to score. And, and that... That added to the deficit going mm-hmm. forward. Instead of being down one score with them getting the ball to start the third, you're down two. And at know. that point, no, at that point, it's a hard deficit to come back from. Del Rio Wilson did everything in his own power to make sure that they had the ability to come back, but they didn't because they were down so much. And again, I'm not gonna put this I'm not gonna put this game as I have in the past on Dino Babers. That was just one stupid decision. And it, the reason why they lost this game, there was a myriad of factors, but they lost the game. Yeah, I think the I think the game just felt further out of reach than it actually was at some points. Yes, I don't know. It just yeah. felt like demoralizing in a way because this was a game that you probably should have grabbed right away. I mean, the pick six took the air out of the dome for at least the start of the game. And they went back down and they scored. But I know, but still, it's they like, recovered from that. It's like, are you kidding? This is a team that has faced a lot of adversity oh, this season. Oh my goodness! To be fair, they faced a lot of adversity. What? They've been down before. What are you talking about? Just the about? injuries. Okay, yeah, I the, guess the injuries being down in multiple games, being known as an underdog going into this season, not even expected to win six games to make a bowl game True. with one of the hardest schedules that they've had in years, and they have completely exceeded the expectations that we've had for them. Whether or not I think that they should have won the last two games. That's a different story. Yeah, before we hit a break, I just want to mention it was after the Wagner game, 5-0. and We got a little bit of backlash. We did. Talking about Syracuse hasn't played anybody. You got the gauntlet coming up. And I thought for a second I was going to be proven wrong after they took care of business against NC State. And somewhat of a sloppy game. Wasn't perfect all around, but you still beat the number 15 team in the country at that time. Back-to-back losses. And I said I, I don't care about the right. Clemson. I guess I said right. if you keep it within 10, that's respectable. Can't lose that game to Notre Dame. But you no, can't. You I, cannot. Bryce, I don't care. It's, I don't it's care. No, they it's, lost to Marshall. They lost to Marshall. They I, lost to Stanford. I agree. You have to win. I agree. But looking back on, on what you're talking about, you know, you said that they should have won the Clemson game. If we're talking about this I didn't game, say that, uh, but you just I said they should have won it because they were up by 11 and a half. Going in, okay. I said I would be no. okay with them losing in a close game, of course, which they typically do. Saw, after what you saw, yes. They should have won that game. But after what we saw in this game, putting out an injured quarterback, having injuries all over your your entire team, especially being outmatched on both the defensive and offensive yeah, lines. Yeah, they've been out. They, they, they... Not, not as much as in these last two games. You have to admit that. Yes, people were wrong. So you wrong. just think it's caught people up with were them. Wrong. No, people were wrong in criticizing you for what you said in our first show. Thank you. But right now, the way I look at it is this team, not that they haven't proven themselves. They played two tough teams. The Clemson game is a different story. Notre Dame understood what to do to beat them. That's fair. They ran the ball every time. Yeah, I just I think that Syracuse is just out of gas. They are right and, now. And this is what happens. This is what happens. All right, we're gonna we're gonna hit a quick break here. We're gonna be talking about the two New York football teams when we return. Bryce Gallman, Doug Latuka coming back to you here on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is Newhouse at Night. Hear tomorrow's star broadcasters today, live on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio Syracuse. And a warm welcome in to a Halloween edition of Newhouse at Night here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. 
and on QSportsTalk.com. I'm Sam Reese alongside Adam Gotkin. And we enter hour two of this Monday night Halloween edition of Newhouse at Night. Great to be alongside you again, Adam. We might get a little spooky on this show. A special occasion, I guess you could say. How have things been for you on this Halloween weekend overall? Yeah, happy Halloween, everyone. It's been a great Halloween weekend for me. Uh, victory Monday for my NFL team. The Washington Commanders got the win, which there you go. made the weekend great at the end of it, even though it was a very stressful game. But you know, that'll that'll make it, no matter what happens during the weekend, my NFL team winning at the end of it. The same boat, my NFL team, the Patriots. It was sloppy, but they got the win, and we'll be talking about that a little later because their opponent, of course, was the Jets. But we'll start off where we usually start, and that is Syracuse football because the weekend was dampened a little bit at the start by the Orange loss to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, Adam, and... With that defeat, it's consecutive losses for the Orange. Start of the year, of course, 6-0. and Now 6-2, and and uh, Notre Dame really in control of this game all the way through. What are your first thoughts and takeaways after that defeat on Saturday afternoon? So I'm not sure if I told you this. I don't know if you noticed. I wasn't in the student section for that game. Did you notice that? I did notice that, yes. I woke, yes. Up, I woke up Saturday morning and was like, <laughs> I really don't want to be in the student section today. Because it's a whole thing. You got to socialize with people. You have to like actually be like a member of society if you're in the student section. So I look on Ticketmaster. All right. And there's $20 tickets in the lower bowl. And it says original value $99. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. So that's where you are. So I was in the opposite. I think it was one. 120, 119, something like that. Okay. Up towards the top, surrounded by a couple of Notre Dame fans. But <laughs> I was out of the student section, so I was actually able to truly focus on the game at the time because mm-hmm. there's not all the distractions and socializing and all that type of stuff. In like the student me, section. a distraction like me. I yeah. could focus 100% on the game and what was going on. Sure. So I have a lot more like true like analyzing to do about this game from watching it. And my number one takeaway was... This was Syracuse versus Notre Dame. Now, that that might sound a little bit weird, but right. what I mean by that was this is Syracuse, an ACC team that's not going to get your top recruits versus Notre Dame, sure. which is one of the most, you know, which is one of the biggest names in all of football, which is a name that everyone knows almost around the world, not just around mm-hmm. the country. Notre Dame was bigger. They were more athletic. They yeah. were stronger. They were faster. And that's what decided this game. The biggest place where I noticed that was when Notre Dame was on offense, their offensive line versus Syracuse's defensive line. Yes. Every time Notre Dame ran the ball, <laughs> they got three yards automatically because oh, the yeah. offensive line pushed that far forward. Add on to that, they have some of the best running backs in the country. You can make an argument they have the best running back trio in the nation. So when you add on that mismatch size-wise and sure. athleticism-wise, Syracuse just didn't have much of a chance to stop Notre Dame on that side of the ball because Notre Dame could do whatever they want. And then Garrett Schrader being hurt Mm. in the first half, Syracuse offense just didn't exist. I knew about the Schrader injury Friday night, I learned. Someone I was with told me when they were walking around campus earlier this week, they saw Schrader in a boot. Yeah, I was hearing and similar so things. Yeah. People knew that Schrader was hurt. Yeah, And when you're a quarterback who relies on your legs... That's just, it's not going to work out well. And yeah. it didn't. And Schrader was completely one-dimensional. The one thing about Schrader is that you never know when he can turn loose and run the ball. And he couldn't run the ball. 
And so what happens is your offense is completely dead in the first half. And from there, it just it didn't feel like they had a chance. And I feel like we might talk some more Schrader, Del Rio, Wilson later. So I don't want to fully get into my Del Rio, Wilson takes because I have a lot to talk about him until later. We'll tease that a little bit. But, you know, especially in that first half, Syracuse just didn't have a chance. It got close towards the end. It did. Going into the fourth quarter, Syracuse had a true chance to win that seven-point game. game for a moment. Seven-point game, all the momentum and in the world, the and the ball, yeah. and then the tip interception. But that's just football for you. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it was Notre Dame versus Syracuse. Yeah. It was a team that recruits the top athletes versus Syracuse, a Northeast football team who just doesn't. Yeah, and those are all fair points. I agree. Well, roster for roster, when you square them up, it's no surprise that Notre Dame won. Of course, we talked last week about how Syracuse was the favorite coming in. We both thought Syracuse would win this game just because of how poorly Notre Dame has played uh, for their standards this season. But the Irish were ready to come into the Dome and play to the best of their abilities. And you don't want to make excuses for the Syracuse team. But of course, you know the injuries have piled up, including the most important position at quarterback with Garrett Schrader. And yes. Garrett Williams. And Garrett Williams. Who tore his ACL and is out for the yes. season. Yes, who tore his ACL out for the season. A huge blow. A player who is uh, potentially going to go to the NFL draft uh, come I, I the spring. I think he still will. Yeah, I, yeah, so that's another conversation for another day, obviously. But you hate to see Garrett Williams get injured. It seems like there's key injuries game in, game out. Uh, but yeah, and, and just one thing to add on, I had written down most of what you said, but also on the offensive side, aside from the quarterbacks, whether it was Schrader in the game or Del Rio Wilson, there were too many drops from the receivers too, which and just wide open drops as well. I mean, once that game was a seven point game, there could have been opportunities had receivers made rather routine catches for Syracuse to legitimately get back into this game. So we've been talking a lot about how Aranda Gadsden, maybe Schrader goes to him too much, but maybe we're seeing why, because there's not that clear cut second option and no, no receivers are really reliable outside of Gadsden. Yeah, I said I would save most of my Del Rio Wilson analysis until later, but because you <laughs> mentioned it, it here, yeah. Del Rio Wilson was going to those secondary receivers he way was. more than Schrader ever yes. does, and then they were failing him. Correct. Your redshirt freshman quarterback comes in for the first yep. time in a game that really matters where he has to be the main quarterback, mm-hmm. not just come in because Schrader decides to wear a helmet that's way too big. <laughs> and what happens? They drop the football. They can't hold yep. on. And maybe there weren't the greatest passes if you're on the wrong shoulder, but still, you have to help out your young quarterback, and the receivers just were not doing that. No. And in a game like that against Notre Dame, those are catches that simply have to be made. You can't no hurt matter yourself. What. No, you can't hurt yourself. And Syracuse certainly hurt itself in those type of scenarios. Well, moving on to another topic of sort of issues we've seen in these last couple of losses for Syracuse. Uh, we talked about the run. You talked about the run defense basically being exploited, and and you know a lot of it is not entirely their fault just because it's it's a small D line let's be real and there wasn't uh mu- much 
equality <laughs> with the Syracuse defensive line going up against that that running offense of Notre Dame. Uh, but the offense has also been stalling out, let's be honest. We, we discussed the inconsistencies of the offense as well. So in your opinion, what is more of an issue or concern just going forward for the Syracuse team, that offense stalling out or that run defense being exploded, exploited, I should say, by a team like Notre Dame this past weekend? For me, especially going into this next game, which you know I, I keep saying this, but we'll get into more mm -hmm. uh, in the future, with Pitt having one of the best running backs yep. in the country in Israel, Abanaconda, you know, Mac Brown, who's, you know, the head coach at UNC, was at Texas forever, one of the most well-respected coaches in the nation, mm. called him one of the best running backs in the country. Yep. That's not a great matchup for Syracuse, and that's no. what worries me the most. Syracuse's offense, I think, is going to be okay no matter what. They've played their two hardest defenses. They're not going to see any more defenses like Notre Dame or like Clemson. Yeah. The offense, I think, will be okay no matter who's at quarterback. It's that run defense that really worries me, especially with the matchups coming up. I just I can't stop thinking about that. And it's definitely something that worries me a lot. I think you hit the nail on the head just because of the opponents coming up that that run defense uh, is the bigger concern for me. Uh, they're just too small and you touched on it. The opponents coming up have good running backs, one of the best in the nation that they'll be going up against, and some good running quarterbacks oh, yeah. as well. So they're going to have their hands full. I agree with you. I think the offense will be okay for Syracuse. We, sort, for the most part, know what we're going to get with that offense. Uh, but for this defense, I definitely have my concerns uh, because they could they could really be exposed in this next game against Pitt and even the week uh, after that, perhaps, with the matchup against Florida State. Uh, but we shall see. And right before we hit break, of course, it's a disappointing loss, dropping the 6-2 and two on the year. Uh, but for you, just... You know, resetting that bar, I suppose. What is the outlook for the rest of the season? You know, how disappointed should we be with this loss? I think that we shouldn't be too disappointed. Mm. I do think the door is absolutely still open for Syracuse to reach 10 wins. Yes. You know, their hardest op opponent coming up is Wake Forest, who got absolutely exposed, destroyed by Louisville. Yeah. This past weekend, so right. I think the door is still open for ten wins. Mm -hmm. That's what we were looking at when Syracuse was six and zero, as I think the realistic goal. So I don't think we should be too disappointed, especially when the goal coming into this season was just to make a bowl game. I, I think we can't be too disappointed. If any of you want to give your thoughts on this or yeah. anything else, make sure to call in the number three one five four three seven seven six four four. We'll be happy to answer any of your questions on that or on anything Syracuse related or anything sports related. But, you know, back to that question, mm -hmm. I don't think we should be too disappointed. No, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, no one expected this team to be playing, to, to have a six and two record Not at this at stage all. of the season. And when your two losses are against Clemson and Notre Dame, you can't really uh, have too much to say against that. And the injuries have just been piling oh, up yeah. as well. Of course, there's a lot of what ifs. You know, Th they could have won that Clemson game. It's disappointing they lost to Notre Dame, sure. But I think you should still have a good outlook on the season overall. And there's some very winnable games 
coming up considering what we've seen from the Syracuse team. So I still think there's reason for optimism going forward. For the Orange, we'll see how they respond at Pitt this weekend. And coming up after the break, we'll look ahead to that matchup with the Panthers about five hours south of here. It's coming up in a moment after our first commercial break. You're listening to Newhouse at Night. Sam Reese alongside Adam Gotkin. More Syracuse football talk still to come. 